I'm excited to have back on the show Conway Ekpo. He's the director and associate general counsel at Brex. He's been on our show a number of times before. Uh, Conway, welcome back as my, my co-host here. Thank you. Great to be back. Yes, I appreciate you taking the time. Um, I know that we've talked about a, a number of topics and oftentimes they've been uh, the optimistic ones and, you know, giving advice as to how we can improve and uh, talking about how things will get better. Uh, but unless you've been under a rock and you've turned off the, the news cycle uh, you then, and you have not heard about this upcoming or looming recession, uh, it, it is time for us to have a conversation about it. Absolutely. And uh, the first half of the year, you know, 2022 was great for lawyers. Uh, from my research, the legal industry added about 3,000 jobs in June alone. Uh, and we reached a new record uh, for, for legal jobs. Uh, even summer associates were winning. Uh, they were up about 31% uh, with jobs. But with inflation and interest rates on the rise, everyone can feel something is coming. Uh, what signs have you seen that show a looming recession is coming and will affect uh, the legal industry? Yeah, absolutely. And th thanks again for having me back on the show. And so uh, I think you can look at you know, my industry, which is the fintech and tech industry. Um, oh, gosh, yeah. As a leading indicator uh, that you know, we, we're seeing a lot of pullback in terms of investment from venture capital firms. You're seeing a lot of uh, tech companies that have just announced layoffs. Uh, Meta just Huge layoffs. Huge. 11,000 at Meta. Uh, Twitter, which is kind of an outlier because it's going through a, a whole situation in terms of new ownership, uh, also cutting about half of its staff, uh, Lyft cutting cutting employees, Stripe cutting employees. So this is happening both in the privately owned companies, privately held companies, as well as the publicly traded companies uh, in tech. And so uh, tech was the re reason why I describe it as a leading indicator, because tech, more than any other industry, was one of the industries that actually... Uh, gained the most during the pandemic. Oh God, yeah. And so a lot of that was situational to us not being able to go outside and relying on, on technology from the convenience of our homes. Now the world has opened back up. Logic dictates those gains that were seen and realized over the pandemic have now shrunk and contracted and so you're seeing a lot of that, what was you know a boom and a, a bull for a lot of the tech industry has now contracted considerably back to, I would say, you know, back to, uh, I would say normal, but more, more like uh, times where, you know, prior to the, uh, the pandemic setting in and you know, where no one could take a, uh, advantage of actually being able to go outside and, and exercise for themselves. You see Peloton, prime example. Uh, you know, they, that was a company that saw a huge, huge number, huge gains during the pandemic when everyone was was, you know, chained to their their living room and now has you know, uh, all but filed for bankruptcy at this point. Um, and so what does that mean for big law? Uh, big law as service as one of, you know, you guys are outside counsel. And so to the extent that these companies are pulling back, they're pulling back on all things outside legal services being one of those things. Yeah. And so uh, this is all connected. And so you see start dates are starting to be delayed from October to January. Gunderson Detmer just announced that, uh, I think that was last week or the week prior. Uh, you're seeing that you know there are a lot of uh, you know firms are slowing down on hiring for their summer classes. Uh, we there's there's been talk and I'm sure you've heard the same same 
uh, chatter that I've heard in terms of there's more of a pressure to counsel out low performers on who are going to get bad remarks on their on their annual evaluations at the end of the year. And so all of these things tend to point towards uh, hard financial challenges for the legal industry ahead. Yeah, and and it's unfortunate, and I'm sure it's about to age us. But uh, we were both around uh, for for the last time, uh, the 2008 2009 Great Recession. This isn't our first rodeo. Uh, right. We were very young associates at that point. Uh, <laughs> so so you know, remind everyone what that looked like for for law firms and and from a personal perspective, you know, as an attorney of color during that time. Yeah, I, I think it's it's great. I'm glad you asked that question because I think it's a good thing to talk about what 0809 actually looked like and compare and contrast that to today because the long story short is that while this is going to be a bad economic macro for, for us, it's not 0809. Uh, and so to, let's go rewind the clock back to 2008, 2009. You had at the at the the height of this this recession from 2008 to 2009 somewhere to the neighborhood of about 10 or 11,000 big law associates laid off from their jobs to put that into context Ugh. we only have about 35,000 people who graduate law school every year and only about a quarter of them about 9,000 or so go into big law each year so you're talking about entire class level of of people who were laid off uh during this time and there, there are whole classes from the class of 2009 the class of 2010 uh, partial to 2011 that are just missing from big law period like you'll yeah. go through the the ranks of partners today and you'll see there are graduates from 06 07 08 but you know, oh, you don't see a whole lot of 09 and 2010 um, graduates. I mean, they're just complete, just gone from from that trajectory. Because once you miss that that slot to go into a big law as a as a junior associate, you, you're often very difficult to come back to that right. uh, when when times are going well. And so this was a point where, you know, I want to stress, you know, and um, former Treasury Secretary Larry Summers actually made this point recently. Um, when he was speaking a, a few weeks ago, that this recession that's um, that's likely to come, and, and we should be clear, we're not in the recession technically yet. That requires two consecutive quarters of, of a shrinking economy, and we haven't experienced that just yet. But we we all know that something is coming, and <laughs> so he analogized the, what we're about to experience more so to the dot com bust of two thousand rather than the two thousand eight two thousand nine crisis, because as uh, viewers may may recall, uh, or as sorry, listeners may recall. So we're on a podcast. Uh, the the 08-09 recession was a near failure of the actual financial services banking industry itself. So this is the industry actually responsible for making sure the money is moving, as opposed to just a a corporate entity that's having a hard time, right? Like 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 the tech industry right now, uh, which is why the, the dot-com analogy seems a little bit more apt than, than the 0809 analogy. Oh, we, we all go back to 0809 as our point of reference because that was the last really hard time that we had, but this is really more akin to the 2000 dot-com burst than, than it is to the 0809. And so that said, 
uh, what, is, what does that mean for us? Uh, that still means we're going to see you know, some belt tightening. We're still going to see some, some cutbacks, uh, I think. And we'll get into this a little bit more, I'm sure, in, in the show in terms of like what does that mean and what that looks like for associates and what should they be doing. But uh, just just to paint the picture of what we could be expected, you know, start dates, as we mentioned, are probably going to be delayed. Uh, they, we might see some uh, reduction in terms of staffing for summer associate classes and for uh, for first year associate classes for next year. We, I have not heard of or seen any uh, rescissions of offers. And that was something that happened in 2008, 2009. Oh, yes, it did. <laughs> People had offers in hand and the firm came back and said, nope, we can't honor that offer. <laughs> so uh, just to like, just to paint the picture of how crazy it was back in 08, 09. Uh, and so we, I, I don't, we haven't seen that yet. I haven't seen the indication of that. Uh, but there will be some, some belt tightening in terms of reduction of headcount for, for the upcoming year. You talked about though, um, you know, uh, uh, 08, 09, and there were those huge layoffs, um, again, rescinding offers, et cetera. Uh, those layoffs, uh, those numbers of individuals, you know, on a, on a you know, per capita basis, I mean, that, that was disproportionately affecting uh, people of color, women of color um, during that last recession. Uh, diversity efforts generally were some of the first things that were cut uh, during this, this belt tightening, as you described it. Um, back then. So so fast forward to now, in this current climate, given everything we've experienced over the past two years, um, you know, this racial reckoning and, and navigating through uh, a virtual or hybrid climate, uh, you know, the onboarding of diversity officers, etc. Do you think that the legal industry can now actually stand to walk back DNI? It certainly uh, should think twice before doing that. The, the you know, to your point, the diversity numbers suffered uh, significantly more so um, than our white peers at, at big, in big law firms. And many of them, especially with, we're talking, let's be specific, when we talk about Black attorneys in big law, those numbers were very, very long time. It took a very long time for that to even approach pre-08, 09 numbers again. Uh, we were one of the longest um, lags in terms of getting back to that that number, and in many in many uh, in many markets, that still hasn't come back. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, firms should really take a self examination here to say, okay, look, we know that we did this prior to, uh, and I, I get that that you know we're often you know last hired first fired. You know we all we all know the mantra, uh, and so uh, it's it. it it, it, do we, we hope it won't be the case here, uh, that's, but that's cautious optimism on my part uh, to hope that you know, firms don't fall into the same routines of, of going and saying, okay, well, look, we can cut our diverse associates and no one will notice. Um, you know, law firms, like the rest of corporate America, caught a little bit of religion in 2020 and 2020 when we had the George Floyd Black Lives <laughs> like Matter. Still that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, so they at least know. I, I raise that to say, you know, that also that there was a very short window in which they were willing to do something about that uh, that, that took place during the summer of 2020. But that said, at least it's, it put it on their radar that yeah. hey, these are things that people talk about. And if these we, are things that clients talk about, these are things that clients talk about, indeed. And we we don't want to upset our clients. And so, if our clients value diversity, equity, and inclusion, does it make sense to us, from a financial perspective, at least? Let's, let me just let me just take out the altruistic 
um, aspect of just doing the right thing. Right. But does it even make sense from a financial perspective that the clients who we need to be able to court during these difficult financial times who want to see diverse talent within our ranks, should we be getting rid of all of our diverse talent? Great way of putting it. Great way of putting it. Uh, you know, it can't, uh, you know, it be, be lost upon us that, you know, as we examine the, the ranks of a law firm, right, and you look at the partnership ranks, that's not where you're finding, you know, the most racial and ethnic diversity. So these attorneys of color, these Black lawyers, you know, they're in the, the junior ranks. And so, uh, you know, specifically as it relates to, you know, kind of those individuals who are, who were affected, you know, in the last, you know, major layoffs uh, that, that law firms did, um, I think that's also why, because, you know, they were at those, those junior levels. And so maybe it wasn't, oh, hey, you know, let's, let's, chop off, you know, anyone who's, you know, from an underrepresented group. But if it was, as you mentioned, kind of, all right, we're going to get rid of the entry level folks, you know, the first year class is not happening. You're not doing the summer associate program. That's where these firms were getting all their diversity. Yeah. It's not like they were lateraling over, you know, 25 black partners in any particular right. year. <laughs> right. <laughs> so absolutely. So, so if one of my listeners, uh, if one of my listeners out here is an attorney of color, is, uh, is a black attorney, irrespective of what year they are, what should they do? What can they do to kind of prepare themselves, to brace themselves for uh, what it is that folks are predicting? Uh, so better stated, you know, what can they do to avoid the impact being so so fatal to their careers? Yeah, absolutely. Let's let's talk about this because this is this is important. So first things first, understand that during these during hard financial economic times, law firms develop a, a lot of convenient amnesia about your prior firm citizen contributions to diversity, equity, and inclusion. All those times, all those hours you put in on diversity committee, all those pitches that you went on that they took you to to show you off to people like me who were potential clients. Uh, <laughs> the wonderful the, web page they designed. All the, all the website, uh, <laughs> you, you're, you're up and down, you're featured like 20 times on your website. None of that will matter when the firm is looking at hard economic times. So just get that out of your head right now. Um, what can you do? Well, let's talk affirmatively. What can you do? Know what people actually think about you within your group. Mm -hmm. Your evaluation is one indicator of that, but you should hopefully have been seeking feedback in real time on any matters that you've been working on and just having those conversations with your practice group leader and the partners in your group about what do they actually think about you? And more importantly, how do you compare to your peers in terms of on substance and in terms of the hours that you've been billing, because at the end of the day, let's just be frank, this is a business. The business is determined by billable hours. Numbers, yeah. If you're behind on your hours, there's not a whole lot that they're going to be able to do for you when the, when the chopping block comes out. Let's just, to be, let's just, let's just talk plainly how it is. Um, to that end, do you have allies who will tell you what your practice group think, is saying about you when you're not in the room? Um, if you don't have that, and that's just something you should have, hard economic times, good economic times, no, no matter when. Wednesday. Uh, yeah. Yes. <laughs> you should have people who are outside of your practice group who will be able to, who are good, maybe friends with your partners or your, your practice group leaders and will tell you what is being said about you when you are not in the room. That's that absolutely. Is uh, understand also where your practice group fits within the firm. That, and that's within the office that you're in and also within like the broader firm strategic plan. So for instance, I was a former litigator um, and at my firm, uh, at the last firm that I practiced at, they had promoted only one litigator 
to partner in the prior like five years or oh, something like that. So, so if you're in, in that scenario, if you're in litigation, then you're probably not in a, that, that the firm has indicated what their priorities are in that circumstance. And so I shouldn't be banking on that I'll have a safe time being a litigator. Now that said, am I, am I counseling you to change firms? Not necessarily. Uh, because if you've built up good reputation, and this will be fact specific to your your scenario, but if you've built up a good reputation at your current firm and you have allies who have been feeding you business or feeding you work rather, and uh, you have you enjoy a good reputation there, then by all means, it, it makes in that kind of a scenario perfect sense to just stay where you are and not to not to switch shops. Um, but you know that again, that's a, that's going to be a fact by fact basis in terms of like. Uh, what what your outlook looks like, what your situation looks like compared to other associates. Uh, to also to that end, uh, get to know people outside of your firm. Oh, you must. <laughs> I hope that you've been doing that already. Yeah. <laughs> like, like don't yeah. don't wait for a recession to start build, building relationships outside of your firm. You know, uh, especially during this time where you know it used to be you know and and I'm dating uh, Lloyd and I back in our day you know we actually had to get up and and like schedule like coffees and and you know lunches and and drinks and actually go out and meet people and do things you can just schedule a 15 minute zoom call now <laughs> and know. have the same effect with people outside of your firm so get to know in-house counsel get to know uh you know regulators get to know uh, anyone, you know, go to go to conferences, meet people, exchange LinkedIn, actually follow up. You know, all the all these are all just table stakes, really, but best practices in terms of making sure that you're going to have a good long term career, uh, not just in the in the short term. Because if you're waiting until you got laid off, like if, if we if you and I met at a conference like a year ago, and let's just say I, I two we'll, we'll compare and contrast two associates. I meet two associates at, from the same firm at the same conference at the same time. Mm -hmm. One takes the next 12 months, shoots me a ping, at, no, not, not frequently, but just every now and again, gives me an update on how they're doing, maybe wants to catch up and get some advice. You know, we, we maybe, you know, uh, meet up for drinks maybe, and, and I give them, you know, the, the blueprint on what I did when I was an associate, et cetera. And the other associate doesn't do any of that, doesn't reach out. Radio silent. Doesn't, just radio silence for 12 months. And then both of them get laid off, unfortunately. The associate who has been reaching out, who I know their trajectory, I know their plans, I'm going to naturally just say, oh, yeah, sure. Uh, sorry to hear the good news. So sorry to hear the news. Let me talk to, you know, my man Lloyd over, over at his firm. Or let me talk to, you know, someone else over at this in-house place. If you're looking at in-house, you know, I'm, I'm willing to extend that, that, that capital because this person has shown that they are someone worthy of investment uh, for my time. And I'm happy to do so. The other person who I don't know, like, look, I don't, I want to help, but I just don't know you. I don't know you. I don't, I don't know what your trajectory is. I don't know what your reputation is within the firm. I don't know anything about what you're working on. It's hard. It's very difficult in that type of situation to help someone who you just really just don't know. And I want to do that because I'm, you know, I'm a good person and I want to see people do well. But, yeah, like, but don't forget, there are, there are yeah. like scores of people in that category who are now reaching out, right? Because when layoffs right. happen, they don't happen at one firm. I mean, they're happening, you know, across the industry. And so, you know, you've got 20, 30 people who are in your inbox saying, oh, hey, Conway, uh, hey, I was hoping we could schedule, you know, coffee so I can chat with you about my resume. Right. Uh, yeah, <laughs> like, because now you've gotten laid off. That's why. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. I mean, you're, at that point, you're behind the eight ball. Like you're, yeah. you're, you're so far 
in the back, you know, behind the curve of where everyone else in the industry is. Every everybody is now in this this situation. You're exactly right. And so, uh, you know, I'll give you an example. During during 0809, my entire law firm, I was at Heller Ehrman. Heller Ehrman, uh, for the listeners who may not go back as far as far as we do, uh, Heller Ehrman was a 100 year old uh, plus law firm at the time. Uh, had close to uh, about 800, 900 lawyers worldwide, mm -hmm. uh, multiple offices in the U.S., Asia, Europe, et cetera. Uh, very, very, you know, uh, established law firm based out of San Francisco. And the entire firm went out of business in the 0809. That's how bad it was. This was a firm that had survived the Great Depression, World War One, <laughs> World War II, the dot-com yeah. boom, all of that. But 0809 took it out. Took them out. Took them out. And it took me, that was October of 2008. I did not secure comparable employment in big law again until June 2009. So let that sink in for a minute. We're talking over half a year like of months. searching, right, of being in a, a horrible macroeconomic environment looking for jobs while everyone else thousands literally thousands of other people were looking for jobs and i don't say that to just you know scare the audience but i, I want to put things in perspective to say look if you're waiting until that happens uh to start to get to know people and to build these relationships uh you're, you're already it's already too late yeah. and so you need to be doing that work now we know that there's going to be some hard economic times coming right now as we speak and so hopefully you're taking advantage to really put yourself in the best position for success. Uh, and I and I hope that you know you don't have any type of experience like what I had and you'll be able to transition relatively quickly within days or weeks. Um, but just know that it can take that long because you know we're not flipping burgers here. You know you you're you're you are uh you know highly uh you know sought after skill sets but you know some it, the, all the metrics have to line up. The firm has to have a need for your type of practice. There has to be uh you know right fit you know, right product market fit, you know, but there are many factors that have to check the, the boxes need to be checked and the stars have to come into alignment for an associate to be able to move from firm to firm. And I think associates during 2021 may have been given a false sense of how easy this is because of how popular and how sought after law firm talent was during the last, say, 18 to 24 months. Oh, yeah. Uh, and the, I want you to know that's not the normal case. <laughs> Uh, so if you're thinking, oh yeah, I mean, I was I had like eight job offers from from firms last year who were all offering me a fifty thousand dollar bonus to transfer from this firm to that firm. Yeah, you, I'm sure you did. Those don't exist anymore. Yeah, that's, hopefully you that, put that money in the bank. <laughs> yeah, that that's gone. And then last thing I want to throw out a resource uh, for everyone listening, which you know there are organizations out there, and I'll, I'll name uh, one that I'm involved with that I, I co-founded with a friend of mine, uh, which is the Black Big Law Pipeline. Uh, which, you know, we talk about these kind of issues. We, uh, it's a, it's a resource for associates, black associates. We have partners, we have in-house counsel who come and they pour into this organization, uh, and really mentor and sponsor, uh, the members of the organization. We have about uh, a little north of 300 members, um, you know, nationwide. And uh, we put on an annual conference every year, uh, typically in New York, where we just really drill down on the substantive skills and soft skills of, of what it takes to survive in, in law firms. And, and we've been talking about this very issue for the last several months in, in, in that group where we've just really been outlining to all of our membership, like, look, this is coming. So prepare yourself and act accordingly. And so I just want to throw that out as a resource. because That's not something that I had 
you know, they didn't, they, the organizations like that just didn't exist in 08, 09, but like there are organizations like that, like uh, the My Brother's Keeper, My Sister's Keeper organization, like the Charting Your Own Course uh, Career Conference uh, that Wharton Bellamy hosts in in, uh, in Florida in December. So they, there, there are organizations out there, Metropolitan Black Bar Association, if you're in New York, Garden State Bar Association, if you're in New Jersey, uh, use your resources, don't suffer in silence. You know, these there are organizations out here that have uh, made made a lot of strides in terms of being able to help um, diverse talent uh, weather these kind of storms, and so uh, use us. Double clicking on that for a moment, Conway, and and I feel like I can't have a conversation with you without going here. Uh, you know, having that very small circle though around you, people that you can actually talk salary with, people that you can you know talk these career goals with, you can let them know, hey, I'm I'm noticing I'm not getting you know as many assignments. You know, I know that um, uh, you have 1844, uh, you know, there are some smaller groups like that. Talk to us about, you know, the value and utility of groups like that, where you can really have these, uh, you know, very candid and open conversations and be able to get some of this advice and sometimes maybe even have a come to Jesus moment. Oh, cr I mean, crucial, crucial. And, you know, which this all goes and I, I know you, you've also started a group as well for for black male attorneys in New Jersey. So same, same concept which is and for those listeners who don't know what we're talking about uh so lloyd and i have, have both founded organizations for our cohorts respective cohorts in the, the in the states where we where we practice where i founded a group about eight years ago for black male attorneys in big law firms where we could just be completely vulnerable with each other uh, so this is this is not your your bar association type organization. There's a there's a place for bar associations. No knock to our bar associations, but this is this is a much deeper dive into the personal. And so we wanted to create a space where we could just be completely vulnerable with each other, and we talk about all of these things that Lloyd just mentioned in terms of you know what does compensation look like? Let's talk numbers. Let's pull. Let's just pull pull back all the facades and just really get. Uh, you know, open and honest with each other about what we're seeing, not only in terms of our professional aspirations and uh, what what we see, you know see every day at work, but also just in our personal lives. You know, absolutely. Uh, how, how am I balancing my marriage with this? Uh, what are my kids? Where are they going to school? What are my what are my options there? Do I have five twenty nine plans set up for them? Trust wills. What does that look like? Uh, and just go really, you know, it's it's great. You know, I, I refer to them as my my personal board of advisors where I know that I can, I have this safe space where I can go and I can tell uh, these, these individuals, hey, here's what I'm dealing with right now. No judgment, I just need help. And I can just, I know that I have a support base where I can go and take these, my problems or my issues and, and share my wins. It's, 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 all, it's all the above, it's holistic. It's not just, oh, yeah. the, you know, it's, it's the bad and the good. Um, and I would just really uh, encourage uh, everyone really uh, to model that you don't you don't need to join Lloyd's group or my group. You can just start your own group. We you know we just did this uh, several years ago because we saw a need to do it, and we said, you know what, I don't want to go through this by myself. And I I'm surrounded by several people who I know who will will take that deep dive with me. And it's not it's not for everybody, you know. I, I you know I, I remember putting the call out eight years ago in in New York to several associates. Some responded and said, "I absolutely want to do that." Some said, "Hey, look, uh, probably you know not my my cup of tea, um, and you know no hard feelings. It's not for everyone, and you know not, not everyone wants to get that open and honest 
uh, about sharing you know intimate aspects of, of their lives with with uh with people who they at the time were strangers to but now these are these are like my brothers these this is my family um you know we we just took our our we do an annual retreat every year we just got back from our retreat um in florida this past weekend where you know we just rented a house and we just you know uh, went around in a circle and every every guy who was there shared what was going on in their life uh, the personal the professional um made ask and offers for the from the group and uh, you know it's just a really uh, i would encourage everyone to really do that and you, you don't need you don't need a group of you know 50 100 people it could just be like you know a couple of you just three or four of you um just get together on a regular basis but you but whatever it is you need that support group because none of i'm going to be honest nobody makes it alone nobody makes it alone in this profession yeah and and kind of no one can predict you know when the hammer may drop uh That's you right. know it is it's one of these things where we have to just go ahead and, and deal with it just as it arises so uh i'm i'm gonna wrap up the episode but Conley, what i love about um, what you just laid out there was um there is some optimism uh there's some hope that even though there may be some bad times that are coming uh we absolutely can can navigate through it we've been through it before and hopefully it's ephemeral uh conway thank you so much as always i appreciate you coming on the show dropping all of your gems uh, and i'm sure we'll have you back all right my pleasure thanks all right thanks uh,